I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the French Rookie Podcast with me, Tim Groves, expert international and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT, and... The Six Nations is upon us, so we've got a special guest coming on to look ahead to the start of France's title defence against Italy this weekend too. We will talk a little bit about the top 14 later on, but all the focus is going to be on the Six Nations this week. So we'll have a chat about the defending champions first and then get our guest on to chat about Italy too. And Johnny, you have been back home for about half an hour since covering the top 14. So have you got a Six Nations hat on or what? I'm pumped, mate. Um, I won't be at the French game this weekend. I'm at Twickenham for the Calcutta Cup, but just excited. I think everyone is. It's the best possible rugby. It's the best tournament, the most enjoyable. Looking forward to having a beer and enjoying the game this weekend in London. Some cracking games rugby coming up and an enjoyable couple of months. And from a France perspective, we know what they achieved last year, but a few Mm. injuries heading into this tournament. Tough fixture list, three away games, including Ireland and England. So it'd be a hell of an achievement, wouldn't it, if... They went back to back and won another Grand Slam. Yeah, I, I think that a lot's been made of the injuries and that the injuries aren't to the biggest, you know, most important players. There's a couple of little niggles here and there, but ultimately they've still got the core cohort together with a game plan that settled, a team that settled, a coaching group that settled. I think it would be an even bigger achievement given the fixture list that you mentioned. It'd be even more impressive than last year if they were to do it. Again, England and Ireland away is very, very hard. Starting with two-way games is also very hard. Um, but I think they'll back themselves. They'll know that they're capable of winning every single game. Systems are in place. They've had good prep. Again, just down the road from me and Cap Breton. And yeah, I think weird old cliche, but they will just look to win the first game away from home against Italy and see where it takes them. And as a professional player or coach, this probably doesn't matter at all. But given the injuries and the fixture list, the fact that they aren't favourites with the bookies, Ireland are favourites, mm-hmm. even though we know what France achieved last year, does that help in any way in terms of just taking the pressure off slightly or does it not matter at all? Do you know, it's kind of weird in that I think they're so happy to be part of something that's exceptional that I'm not really sure they're looking at any of that. They, they're they part of a squad that's won 20-odd games on the bounce. They've won a Grand Slam. They've all, they're all battling for a chance to be part of a World Cup at home as well. So there's all these things going on in the background that I think individually they'll be so determined to do well and to perform and to win each game they go into. I don't really think they'll be thinking too far ahead. And that be said, there's only a couple of games for them in Paris at home. So like everything will go into each week. How do we prep? How do we prepare to beat another international side and try and knock them over? And that's what they've done really well over the past 24 months. And that's what they continue doing. And nobody has won back-to-back Grand Slams since the late 90s when France did it. I think England did it in the early 90s. And apart from that, that's it since like the 20s or something in the, the dark old ages. Um, it doesn't happen very often. So... What are the chances? Do you know, genuinely, it's, for me, it's a, of a Grand Slam, it's a three-way shootout. You've got England, Ireland and France that are probably capable. The others are a little off the boil and odd stacked against them. But, I mean, really, 
a fair decent chance. I mean, they're capable of going to Dublin. They've shown before they went over and against Twickenham. They're more than capable. We don't know what England's going to rock up either. We don't know how they're going to settle under Borthwick. So it's a really strange tournament because it is the pinnacle, but it goes so fast. There's so much buzz around it. The training is so intense. No matter what squad you're part of, it really is just a focus. And even for the players, you can't think too far ahead you want to fight for your selection and get on the field. <laughs> like even minor little details like that within the squad, there are battles of who's going to start. We don't know what's the, the squad, the 23 going to look like. We don't know. There was 48 players, some released back to clubs. So we have a fair idea, but even the little battles within this French squad, apart from your Antoine Dupont's and your points of exception, we still don't know who's going to start. So, there's all these little things to play for. Everyone is desperate to be involved, to take part, and then to drive their team on success. And if you had to nail your colours to the mass, are they winning a Grand Slam? Are they winning a title with no Grand Slam? Or do you think it might be a bridge too far this time? I think given the fixtures, I think Grand Slam is going to be extremely difficult. But like I said, Ireland favourites, Bookie's favourites, again, probably my favourites. But France aren't far behind by any stretch. It's purely because of the way the fixtures are home and away the way they are. But like I said, France have shown they can go away from home and they can knock these teams over. So um, huge test matches coming up. Really looking forward to following it, seeing how it unfolds, being in stadium for the experience. But I would say Ireland and France probably two best place to, you know, potentially a Grand Slam, but I'd say more likely um, a tournament win without a Grand Slam this year. And where is Scotland finishing, Johnny? Uh, <laughs> next question, mate. <laughs> I genuinely believe Scotland are a better place than they ever have been. But so much will come down to this weekend. A Calcutta Cup to kick off. An absolutely huge game. Um, I think we've won five of the last six. But you just don't know what's going to happen. But if Scotland go out and win this weekend, obviously they're going to win the Grand Slam as well. That's what's going to happen to them. Um, <laughs> but a, a huge, again, difficult fixtures away in England, away in Paris. They've taken heart from going away and winning in those places during COVID. Different places to go with a crowd in-house uh, and the buzz that is and everything goes with it. But I think if Scotland can win this weekend, if they can knock over England, retain the Calcutta Cup, who knows what can happen. Um, but it's a long old tournament. What we've seen with Scotland in the past few seasons certainly is the potential. They knock over one biggie and then there's an easy game lost. And you're just hoping for a bit of consistency of performance, keeping it tight against Ireland as well. Well, we struggled physically with the middle of the field. Um, and Ireland look to be in a league of their own at the minute. But as I said, Tim, not looking too far ahead. One game at a time for Scotland. Twickenham this weekend. We'll see what happens. And fingers crossed. You didn't need to answer that question. I could have clipped up your answer from last year or the year before. Expectations already there, <laughs> isn't it? Confidence is high. Hey, eternally the optimist. That That's what you have to be. Scottish sport, whether you're following football, rugby, it doesn't matter. Ever the optimist and the rollercoaster that comes with it of emotions <laughs> soon to be seen this weekend coming the TV screen near you at Twickenham. Absolutely. You mentioned selection moving back to France before. There are a few key areas. You said the injuries aren't necessarily to the most important players. Obviously, I'm assuming Mm. you talk about Antoine Dupont, Roman Entomac. Yeah. But there's Jonathan Dante, who played a big role last year. So the midfield is an interesting area. How do Mm -hmm. you think France are going to set up in the midfield? I think, I mean... Whenever there's been a bit of alternation, you've had Moifana who's come straight in. So, And again, he's been ridiculously good the start of the year for Bordeaux. He's physical, he's abrasive, he steps, he fends. He, like, they've got a little bit of an embarrassment of riches in a few positions. And to have somebody like Moifana come in doesn't leave too big a hole. A Jonathan Dante size hole, him um, taking a little bit longer to recover. But he's really dangerous. So to have him link up with Fiku 
Um, although Joe Dante has been exceptional and amazing to watch over the past 12 months, Moifan has a very, very good backup. And then I think, you know, the forward pack essentially picks itself as well. A few boys coming back from injury and picking up game time over the past few weeks. Um, by Marchand, Antonio, front row, I'd say is fairly settled. Thibaut Flamand after the injuries to Wauke, who there were doubts over him as well with his form after moving to Racing. Paul Valemse back in. Um, Fabian's a big fan of him at tight head lock. And then the back row, which picks itself Jelange, uh, Greg, and Charles Olivon, um, which is fairly evident. Halfbacks, Dupont and Tamak, Moefana Fiku. The only real puzzle for me is the back three after Moefana slots mm. in the centre. So you've got four boys really in my mind to pick from. You've got Damian Peno, who will start on one wing. Then there's three boys, the Jaminé, Ramos, and Gabin Villiers, who came back through his injury and got through some amazing work against Poe at the weekend um, and he's been retained as well so it's do you stick Villiers on another wing as an out and out winger and then it's a shootout at fullback is it Jaminé or Ramos and both guys have been they've been in great form so I'd say that's the big decision it's whether you chuck Gabin Villiers back in after limited game time although you know what you're going to get from him, the attitude the physicality that he brings for not a big bloke defensively so sound as well so I think if you're going to bring Villiers back in it's a shootout between Jaminé and Ramos uh, and if you're not going to bring Gabin back in you maybe shunt um, Melvin Jaminé onto the wing and let Tom Ramos stick at fullback interesting two fullbacks potentially yeah potentially but guys that are phenomenal in the air um, and I think there'll be a fair amount of tests this weekend from Italy um, in an aerial duel and they are both safe as houses so what you may be losing a little bit of flair and defensive nous um you get a bit of security in there. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's get our guest on now then and turn our attention to Italy. And we can have a chat with legendary former Italy winger, Mirko Bergamasco. How are you doing? Hi, guys. It's good. Thank you. We'll come to the game at the weekend in a minute, but you're especially well-placed to talk about this game because, am I right in saying you're coaching in France at the moment? Yeah, I coach in the fifth division, in the federal one. It's not easy, but uh, we try to to, to work for, for for the objective. So last week, uh, yesterday, we played, but we, we lose at home. But uh, but it's, it's not impossible to arrive uh, on the object that we have and uh, go in the next level. And how are you enjoying coaching generally? Because last time we bumped into each other was at Water Rugby in Toulouse and a few drinks <laughs> were had. Um, but you were then, you just finished with Angoulême, now in Nantes with Stade Nantes. I, I used one year for uh, for improve my skills and I did the diploma of uh, mental coach. 
And uh, in the same time, I find uh, this project of Stanante in Nantes, where I'm a sport director and uh, head coach of the first team. And uh, was uh, for me, it's a good thing because it's something new. And uh, I said before to find Nantes that I, if I to do the, the low level of a French championship, I want the responsibility. And uh, to be a sport director is a responsibility in the in the in the club. So I, I accept that because the president and the general manager that I met before to decide to, to come here uh, present me something strong uh, with uh, the financial that go with the project of the club. So it's great to to build every weekend something and uh, it's great to to find the good the good key for for present the best uh, the best rank that you can and what's the ultimate ambition you just started your coaching journey is it to take over from kieran crowley in a few years time if he moves on <laughs> um i i talk with him a little bit maybe one day uh, i i would like it's, i talk a little bit and i think is they they find a good key he find a good key for for a national team. Uh, I saw uh, the job that he did uh, when he was in Treviso, and uh, the result was good. Uh, with his mentality and uh, with uh, the the other coach that is Italian coach and is uh, is an Italian culture, because I think he he don't arrive in in Italy and say I want that Italy play like uh, New Zealand. He say. I want that Italian guy play with like Italian guys, and uh, and the, the good thing is that he find coach Italian coach can help him to put in the field the the the, the project that he want for national team, but within Italian culture, and uh, I think is Latin Latin culture is not easy. I think Anglo-Saxon culture is you say something you have to do this for for win the game, and you do this. Uh, Latin uh, Latin culture, Latin mentality is not the same. The repetition player don't don't like the repetition, so you have to do the same things in different exercise, you know. And uh, if you say a Latin guy, you say yeah, for to be champion, you have to do only this. You say no, it's it's not it's not good. You have to find uh, another solution because I, I no, I'm not happy to do only one thing. So it's good. It's not easy because not all the Foreign coach that come in Italy do the the same. And the other things is that uh, the player don't play all in Italy. Some years ago, I think uh, until three years ago, the older guy that play for national team play in Italy. We don't have the structure. We don't have all the key in Italy for uh, prepare the the guys for for the signation, and uh, we passed seven. Year where the main part of the player, uh, the on the 23 that uh, going went in the field, I think that 21 or 22 played in Italy for Ziber Treviso. It's not good because your choice is uh, is too close. And if you leave the guys to go in uh, in France, in England, or in another championship, you you have more place in Italy team like Treviso and Zebra, and the guys, the young guys uh, uh, under 20 that play very well in the Six Nations, that uh, show that uh, they, they want to play in the high level, but they don't today have the, the place, but 
10 years ago, five years ago, didn't find. Today, we are in dynamic that is good. And uh, with players that play the foreign, like uh, Garbisi, like uh, Capozzo, like uh, the guys that do very good performance in a French championship. And uh, then when they come in national team, they they give all the all the new things that we we learn in the the new culture but it's not new culture because it's Latin culture but in a in new uh, in a new team and it almost is very similar to another era well I say another era like it was 100 years ago but if we go back 10 years it was you your brother it was Sergio Parisi it was Castro Giovanni it was the exact same and it was a massive positive influence when we look forward to today and you have Garbisi Capuazzo the performances we saw Ange's performance yesterday for Toulouse, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Levels have been pushed, winning away from home against Wales. We now look forward to this championship and to this weekend, crucially, because it's a massive game. Do you believe this crop of players, with the blend and the culture, everything you've just mentioned, do you think they can beat France this weekend? I think with this France, today is very difficult to win. But the good things of the Italy team today is a, is a young team and uh, they play like a team. Before uh, the last ten day, ten year, we have uh, we put one two guys in the middle of a project, and the project was around that. Uh, Italy have to play like in November against Samoa against uh, Australia. After if France is uh, stronger than Italy, is you, the result you know you, you can you can know today. We are not far. But the problem that we have believed the Italy team, the guys, Italian guys, have to believe. And against France, is Latin against Latin culture against Latin culture. You know that when you put the pressure or the pressure on the 80 minutes, the the the, the team that have this pressure in the second half live live mentally, don't arrive to 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 stay concentrated in 80 minutes. So uh, for Italy team, it's important to do a match of 80 minutes. Is import- the important thing is that they play together. And with your coaching hat on, if you're the Italy coach this weekend, tactically, how do you play against France? And do you see any weaknesses at all in the France side? Uh, I think you have to hold the ball all the time and uh, try to, to when they have the ball, every time that they go in the 40 meter, have to score three points or five points, or I don't know, I drop something like that. But I think if they are right, every time they go in the other side, they have they, they are right to score. I think Italy has a chance to to win this game. If they are right, every time that they pass the 50 meter score, I think for for France uh, will be uh, will be tough. And is playing against France the most enjoyable game for Italians? Like we mentioned, your history and the fact that you played in the top 14, Latin spirit, the cultural similarities, you share a border in the Six Nations tournament. Is France the game that you look forward to the most, or is it another nation? Oh, I, th- I think is Ireland is uh, is very very strong team. I think the the two team today that can be very very strong, and uh, I think they prepare very very well this World Cup next World Cup is Ireland and France. That's a great answer, Johnny. I was going to joke and say, surely it's Scotland the biggest game, the Woodham Street decider, but no, <laughs> the two best teams, Ireland and France, they're the biggest games. It makes sense. It makes sense. You've had the most joy against Scotland, but it makes sense aiming for the big dogs. I'm not going to lie. And Johnny mentioned your generation, and there were some 
special players in that Italy side back then. You had some very good results. Then Italy obviously went through a period where 36 straight defeats in the Six Nations. And we saw the emotion in Cardiff last March. Give us a sense of how important that was to Italian rugby after all those defeats to just get the monkey off the back. I, I think seven, eight years ago, I stopped to, no, six, seven years ago, I stopped to watch Italy. It was not the the main things that they did in the, in the Six Nations because I think we lose a little bit this passion, this art that we put in the field when I played. Something changed because the, the boys is young, yes, but I, I watch, when I watch the game of this national team, I watch something strong, but the, the guys play together and I think they play for the country, but they play for themselves, for, for the team. And one we watch a, a, a team that play for the, a, the, the player that play for the team is mean that uh, maybe the staff find a good kid. Or in the side, inside of the team, you have some leaders that help the guy, help the, all the team to stay to stay uh, together. You know, Johnny, I was going to say because of the success of the under twenties in recent years, maybe a, a, a core of them have sort of grown up with each other and a bit like Mirko's generation. They are playing for each other. There is that spirit and that almost brotherhood that that you guys had back in the day. Well, look, they're also developing a winning culture. I've worked at a few of the under twenties games for Italy. They're a serious team. Like they've knocked over England, they knocked over Scotland, they've beaten everybody. So the next generation that's coming through is phenomenal. It makes me sad in a way that you were forced to switch off because you didn't like what you were seeing. But now that you see youth coming through, you see the best players playing in foreign top tier championships. You've now got three home games against France, Ireland and Wales. What do you think are the realistic aims for Italy in this tournament? How far do you think they can go? Um, good question. <laughs> But sometimes it's difficult for me to, to answer to that because I'm not inside. I, I prefer to, to come in France for to understand better uh, how French, France uh, work because the generation that they have uh, behind the French team is, is incredible. And uh, although the job that they did the last uh, uh, six, seven years is great and uh, Today you 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 see the the result of this job, and I, I want I wanted to to see exactly what happened, why France arrived to have this team, and why they they can use uh, four guys for every every place in 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 the team. How how can can do this? And it's great to to understand why they did this. Italy team, it can put in difficulty all the all the team. I think that the the main Things to do in this six nation to arrive to find another time the the respect of the other team. It means that uh, when you play for against Italy, you have to put your best team if you want to win this game. And uh, the last year, the, the last few years, I think the the team know that Italy was in a good moment, and so it decided to to put a new player or some player that don't play too much. And after the, the, the test of November, I think this mentality changed. And I think the best team will, will, will go to play against uh, against Italy and will be tough for, for Italy team. But I think on the three game at home, you can win maybe two. I think well, you can. France, I say, 
be attention because if they are right to do the best game, can be interesting. Ireland, uh, mentally, Ireland, we are not problem to play against Ireland. So uh, if we are right to, to be free, uh, we can put in difficulty. But today, I don't know if we, we, you can play, you can win against, uh, against Ireland. It's the easier thing against France because we have the same mentality. Ireland is tough physically, it's tough with the, with the skills. So I think two game on three. I like it. Positivity. <laughs> Love it. It's just like being Scottish. It's the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned leadership before. It's interesting because a lot of people are very impressed by Michele Lamoureux. And you obviously played under Sergio Parise, know him incredibly well, Stade Francais as well as with Italy. Do you see elements of Sergio in Michele and what do you make of him as a captain? I think he's, he's different. Uh, he's different. Uh, Sergio is a very, is a, is a very, very good player. Uh, but sometimes he's focused on himself, and I think that Lamaro is can be focusing himself, but is very careful about the other. And uh, it's great because when they did a, a good tackle or the guys do something, he he, he low a lot, but is uh, is something that do because. I think he's, he's very passionate and uh, he'll arrive to use his passion for, for the team, for the other guys, for the guys is close to him. And uh, I, I think he's the big difference with Sergio. Uh, maybe he has less skills than Sergio, but I think he's easier to put Lamar in the team than I think Sergio today. And the good thing is that the uh, vibe of Lamar is the leitmotif of the team today. And this is a great difference between the, the last few last few years. And uh, uh, you have Capozzo today take a big part of the, this leadership in the, in the, in the team. Uh, you have um, the two brothers. Canon, uh, kind of the number eight is very young, but uh, in, in the, during November, they, they show that it can be the, 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 the future number eight of Italy team. So it's great because it's young and you have young players that push behind and they want to take the place and it's great to for, for national team. And you mentioned Ange Capuazzo again. He won yeah. World Breakthrough Player of the Year last year. Just how good do you think he can go on to be? I think he's the is a player that Italians find for a long time. It's a good thing because it's, it's a profile, the profile that we didn't have before. And uh, we needed this speed, we needed this this change of direction, these these steps, we needed of this for uh, improve this uh, this power that we didn't know we didn't have before. It's very easy, like uh, like guy is very easy, is uh, very simple. But uh, when he enters in the field, uh, is 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 a powerful is something that uh, can uh, can uh, change a game alone. They did before in in uh, in the pro de deux. When he played in Grenoble, it was great because uh, sometimes alone they take the ball, they step two times, they did 15, 50 meters, they get the ball, they score, uh, score, uh, he scored a try or uh, another player scored a try, and they won, and they won a lot of uh, game like that, like in uh, in uh, in Welsh last year. Same, he take a ball, he decide to do something, take the space, and uh, they win the, the game. Is a profile that. Imagination, I think we didn't we didn't have. It's great because he's French, 
is French, but uh, he have I think uh, grandfather is Italian, and uh, his his art. When I met him the first time, he said me, my heart is Italian. I want to play for Italy team, and uh, it was uh, four years ago. I said you are sure because did, did you see the, the result of Italy? Inside is not very good. Federation is it's not very good. You are no no. I I saw I I know that, but. I want to play for Italy. Very interesting, Johnny. A lot of people probably don't know that about Ange. It's amazing. And he's got he's got two or three different nationalities in his family as well. So he had the choice. Um, but like Mirko said, he was absolutely ridiculous for Grenoble. The fact that he's been picked up by Toulouse, a team that already have, you know, Toma Ramos, other boys that can play fullback and wing, they're stacked with talent. They've taken what we all thought was a massive gamble taking him on. But as Mirko said, the X factor that he brings now, the game that he went through yesterday, the try he scored yesterday. We'll talk about it later. It'll be the meter moment of the week that we'll chat about later. But the X factor he brings, the point of difference, is something that Italy maybe have been lacking for a few years in their backline. And now they have a young guy who's going to lead that backline and inject something that they didn't have maybe for the past five, six, seven years, a real point of difference. And he scares opposition defences. So the fact that he's come in, nailed his colour to the mast, and even during a poor time where they weren't going well, said, this is the side I want to play for and committed... It's exceptional. They're really lucky to have him. And we should ask you, Mirko, before we move on, because we mentioned him before, there is always chat, because he's still playing in the top 14, about Sergio. You know him so well. Do you think there's any chance we might see him back playing for Italy again at the World Cup or have Italy moved on? No, I don't think so. Today you have a put a dynamic inside that if you put inside a guy like Sergio, you change the dynamic. If you find a good key, why do you have to change that? If he come back to to play for national team, what he can what he can change? I don't know. You have a young player. This young player go to play a World Cup. You prepare these guys for the next World Cup for the 2027. It's not good to say for for Sergio. I understand, but it's a it's a long time that don't play for this team. It's not easy for the other watch a, a guy that. Don't play for two years in two years. Don't play a game. We have to stay with the same guys. They grow in four years. They have four years more. And maybe in four years, we, we can be uh, something positive. But we have another World Cup in 2023. We have a tough, a tough uh, pool, but uh, we have France again, another time. We have uh, New Zealand. Like every, every new World Cup, we have New Zealand. So uh, in Namibia, Uruguay is is not easy. It's not easy. Uruguay, we we see, we see that it's not a very easy team to to play. And you know him as a man. Do you think Sergio knows that? Because it's just it's probably just media talk, but we hear it all the time, don't we? About how Sergio wants to come back. Mm-hmm. There's this, and is it just the media talking? Do you think Sergio's had chats behind the the scenes? Do you think he knows? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Sergio had talk with uh, with Curly. I don't know. Uh, sure that if you have the possibility to play World Cup, you don't say no. No, you try to 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 do all the things that you you can for for play World Cup. If I'm coach, if I'm position coach position today, I I I work a dynamic with this team. I continue with this team. I don't change. Maybe we have a, some 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 injury that we have to. Maybe okay, we can we can we can try. But if you don't need, I think we have to stay the same. No, we'll look forward to the Parise-Bergamasco coaching team 
leading the 2027 <laughs> World Cup. That's what we'll look forward to next. That'll be cool. You, you have a good staff today is in Treviso, is Bortolami, is Masi, is Ongaro. You know, you have an Italian coach that have a good result with the, with the team today. Maybe if there was the, the, was the staff of Crowley before, maybe it's a good thing that for the next World Cup, you have uh, this, this team. Huh? When you look back now, the time that you had with your brother, with Sergio, with all of your mates in the top 14, like you played for me in almost the golden era of French top 14 rugby. Max Guazzini, you know, animals on the pitch, there's lions coming across, there's a circus on the field. Like, Take us back to what that was like as a youngster, as an Italian living in Paris, all of the parties, all of the everything that went with <laughs> it. What was that like as an experience, but also as a time in professional rugby? Uh, was for me was uh, personally was was uh, great. I had the possibility to arrive to twenty. Uh, when, when I was twenty years old. I arrived in uh, Stade Français when you played uh, with Stade Français in this moment. Uh, I arrived in two thousand three. In the first 15, uh, you, you had uh, 15 uh, international players uh, to play with my brother, uh, Dominguez. Uh, all the players that I can say you in, in this moment was international. So play for this team was uh, was great. Max uh, did a, a great job. In, uh, it's an amazing job because only him can be, uh, couldn't be what, uh, they, what he did. And uh, nobody can do, did the same things. When you're training with the, the the main part of international guys of different culture, you can improve your skills. You can and uh, at these seven years in France, I learned a lot, and uh, they gave me the possibility to to do what I did uh, after. But uh, uh, the, the great things to uh, the great thing is to to play with these guys every weekend and show the passion, the heart, and uh, the they want to win. And Mirko's a smart man. You asked him about parties there. He glossed over that. Mate. He's got high ambitions, John. He's not going to talk about Max's parties on here. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so the performance angle, we don't really care about. What we want to know is how much fun you had in Paris because that's it. A 20-year-old arriving and Max loved the glitter, loved having a good time off the field. You must have had an amazing time together. No, it's the, the, the good thing about Max is... Uh... The main part, the the principal, principal principality of the, the for, for him was the team, was the the player. Now all the thing he did was for the player, and uh, it was amazing because uh, uh, the, he he did all the thing he he can he could he could he, he did for the player, and uh, he was a a, a, show, a showman. So all the thing that. The 80,000 80, people in the Stade de France, uh, pink jersey, uh, the things like that, flower on the jersey, is Max. Is Max. Is Italian. It's half Italian, half French. And uh, the pink from, come from Italy. Uh, Giro d'Italia, uh, cycling, uh, Gazzetta dello Sport is pink, uh, Palermo is pink, Juventus has pink shirt. So pink was easy. Is, is, it's simple in, in Italy that you use uh, easy. So he put that in a, in a macho in a macho culture <laughs> because the rugby was macho, you know. And uh, he arrived to to show that uh, yeah, he showed to to the world that rugby was everybody, everybody that everybody can to come to watch rugby and you can enjoy. And uh, and uh, and he showed that uh, 
don't don't care about the jersey that you shirt. If you play with uh, your heart, with your passion, and with the, if you want to win the weekend, you can. It, it was great. It was great. It was very great for me. It was the best moment in in my career. And while we're on parties, just to finish off, I know you've got to go and do more important business than this coaching. One name who brings a smile to everyone's face when they talk about him, Martin Castro Giovanni. Do you have any stories for us? A favorite Castro Giovanni story? <laughs> he was under the the field. Was uh, was crazy. It was always a joke. With the as always a joke. I don't know uh, if I remember. I think they put uh, a head of something. In the bag of uh, of the Ongaro, I think, and Ongaro was blocking in the, in the after the game and was blocking with the deck, and they put that uh, and uh, when Ongaro opened the thing, he is if you watch this, he said it, it was crazy. What happened? And uh, no, no, he was uh, able to do, to do that uh, every day in, uh, in the stage with national team, but uh, was uh, in the field was always. Very focused in in uh, in something uh, in his job, so it was great. But it was like Sturge, you know, focusing himself. Sometimes he lost the quality. Great days those for Italy, and fingers crossed, some good times are coming back for Italian rugby. We will watch their games with interest this year, and good luck with your coaching aspirations in France as well, Maker. We'll see you at Scotland, Italy, mate. I'll see you in Edinburgh. Cheers, ciao, ciao. Great to have Maker on, Johnny. We didn't get on to much about his career but hell of a player back in the day you must have played against him as well loads and that was always bargain bottom basement mate it was scotland against <laughs> italy that was the one that everyone was desperate to win so that you weren't picking up six you were picking up fifth um but look great bloke part of an amazing generation again i look back as that as a golden generation of you know he was part of like dominguez parise castro with his brother and he talked about the passion that they brought but they won some big games as well you forget like he booted over 17 points when they beat France in Rome in 2011. They, they had big wins, but like Scotland, they just don't have the player pool to consistently do it. But great bloke, great to learn a little bit more about his job in Nantes, which they've got a big project building there. They're trying to build something serious, so he'll be part of that for the next two, three seasons. Who knows where he'll end up further down the line, but great bloke, great player, um, and really cool to have him on. And also, he probably wasn't on his own, but... Interesting what he said about the fact that he stopped watching Italy for six or seven years. Obviously, the federation, in his eyes, got things badly wrong. It wasn't just the fact they lost 36 straight games in the Six Nations. He felt that there was something badly wrong there. And obviously, in recent times, not just the fact that they won in Cardiff, but he's he's started watching them again because he sees that same kind of the passion spirit that they the have. passion. And that's it. I think that's what you... The identity of... You know, you're spread around Europe and you're absolutely scrapping for every inch and you come back and that passion's always been displayed by that group of players he was part of. And then I guess it's not easy to say, but, you know, when a federation plows money in and everyone's centrally contracted and it seems like an easier life, you, you can see how the perception might be that for players of his generation, the next generation had it maybe too easy and weren't delivering or weren't showing the same passion. But Look, certainly the way or the track they're on now, they look better. A massive win away to Wales. A couple, like you mentioned, a couple of key young players that they can build around with positive attitude, positive mindset, and a positive game plan. And yeah, it's good that he's come back. He's gone full circle. He's back now watching his team. He's proud again because um, that's what you want. And I think we might have inadvertently done it already, but it's about time we got your meter moment of the week, Johnny. It's topical, eh? Oh, it was amazing. It's doing the rounds on social media. We'll say that much. Um 
if I was picking on Saturday, it would have been the game of the round, which was Racing and their comeback against La Rochelle. What a game of rugby that was, by the way. If you catch the highlights of that, there's some real quality from both sides on a fast track in Paris. But it's the Italian man of the moment, the angel-faced Ange Capuzzo, is finish to give his side a bonus point win at home. And when everyone was away prepping for Six Nations camp, Ange Capuzzo, who creates overlap and a three-on-two on the short side and then works off the ball, sprints the whole way over the field to finish in the far right-hand corner with what can only be described as a Superman finish, NFL touchdown style in the end zone. What a finish, but what a game he had in general as well. Just his ability to beat people, gain two, three extra meters, the injection of pace. He got two last night um, and he was outrageously good. Um, so watch out, France, this weekend. But the meter moment for this weekend was Ange Capwat. So his finishing, his speed, absolutely freakish. And looking forward to seeing loads more of them with both Italy and Toulouse. Very appropriate. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can now get 10% off any full-price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10, and you'll get 10% off any full-price item at meter.com. You mentioned the game on Saturday, Johnny. Yep. The best game of the round. Generally speaking, seven home wins. Normal service resumed in the top 14. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, some of them were for, like Bayonne, four tries against Breve, 37 points to nine, the only side in the top 40 to still be unbeaten at home. But yeah, generally, normal service resumed and it's gone back to the home win tick box. Uh, Leon beat Clermont as well. That was Christoph Furios's first game in charge. I think that's them six, seven, or eight games now without a win. So he's starting to get his head around the size of the task. But Rassing, the game I just mentioned there, that was absolutely... If you can watch that, the full highlights are on YouTube. You can go on Canal Plus and find the um, the full highlights, the extended highlights. I think it's like an hour long. Um, but that was an absolute cracker. Finn Russell knocking over the penalty from the halfway line to win the game. Um, but yeah, normal, normal service resumed. And speaking of that game you mentioned in Rassing and a certain Finn Russell... A good warm-up for the Calcutta Cup? Is he starting? Hey, of course he's starting. Are you joking me? <laughs> you never know with Gregor. Of course. No, it's gone from, again, the way it's worded in the media of, you know, needing to work on his form and not quite there in the autumn tests in, in the lead-up. Now he's the best 10 on the planet. So you can tell. His form was better in the autumn, wasn't it? Oh, mate, I have no idea. He's one of the best <laughs> on the planet. Let's just yeah. be honest. He's, one of the, he's definitely the best in Scotland, but he's one of the best in the world. So... If we're going to win this weekend at Twickenham, um, obviously better having him there. Looking forward to watching that one with a beer in my hand at Twickers. Um, but yeah, absolutely. As good a warm-up as you can get. He was on fire at the weekend and you'll uh, need to be again at Twickenham if they're going to win that one. And another line relevant to the game that you did on Sunday night, we mentioned the meter moment of the week, but also mm-hmm. Jack Willis in Toulouse at the moment. His brother Tom is at Bordeaux. We know he's off to Saracens next season. A certain Billy Boone of Holland may be on his way to the top 14 as well. Who knows? But Jack Willis apparently could be off to Bordeaux next season to fill his brother's boots. That's what's been talked about in French press. They're just saying they want to bolster their squad. Um, they've got their man in Damian Peno, who's been their headline signing. But Jack Willis has been... I mean, last night he was monstrous again. And he's known for his work defensively, but he seems to be getting better ball in hand as well, breaking tackles, going forward, offloading. And it looks like Laurent Marty is ready to bring out the checkbook and try and get him to stay in France, which, you know, wouldn't have been 
his thought when he came over. You're probably looking for a move back to England to be involved with Steve Borthwick's now England side, but he has been so good that it looks like Yannick Brew is ready to make him a big offer to move up to Bordeaux. So interesting choice for Jack as well. What do you want to do? Do you want to stay in France? Do you want to head back to the Prem and try and pick up some more caps? So it's great watching him over here. We'll be lucky to have him. So hopefully he decides Bordeaux, but some big decisions for him over the next few weeks. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to Mirko for joining us and thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a nice review if you can, check us out on Rugby Pass as well as on YouTube and we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, Johnny. Cheers, mate. Bye.